Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we are taking a look at David Gordon Green's Halloween Ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. I was certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you gonna do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. Maybe the only way he can die is if I die too. It all ends now. So this is the final installment in the last current timeline and trilogy in the Halloween franchise that brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, she has said she wrote it in the contract. This is her last Halloween film. And uh, I really hope it is. I don't know how to fully talk about this movie without spoilers because this Halloween does something that... I really don't know how I feel about. They do a a pivot in this movie. So, like, with Halloween, I'm not going to spoil it. I will tell you when there's a spoiler. I'm not going to spoil anything right now. I will just, I will do a spoiler warning and we'll spoil it later. But first, I'll, I'll give my, my general feeling on it. Um, so, you know how Halloween from 2018 came out, kind of rehashes a lot of the other movies, especially the original Halloween, and it's a continuation from that first movie. And then Halloween Kills take place the exact same night, sort of like Halloween 2 back in the day, which doesn't exist in this world, and Laurie's in the hospital, and it's just a continuation of the townspeople go crazy, and Michael Myers goes and just slashes a bunch of people. This movie jumps ahead a year for the beginning, the first scene before the credits, then it jumps four years altogether, well, three years, I guess, from, from that point, and it takes place, you know, now. And Lori has decided to try to move past the darkness and she doesn't want to be chained to Michael Myers anymore. So she's a much happier person, or at least that's the kind of facade that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis portrays in the beginning of the movie. She's trying to live life and be normal and not lock herself away like she had been doing for 40 years prior. Um, She now lives with her granddaughter, Allison, uh, played by Andy Matichak again. And she's moved. On, she's trying to move on as well. She's a, a nurse, and she works at the hospital. Obviously, if she's a nurse, she works at the hospital. Jake, come on! And they're kind of just trying to get their life back together after the horrible events of the last two movies. And uh, Will Patton's back as Officer Hawkins. He's only in a few scenes. Uh, I would have liked to have a lot more of him. They spend a, a good chunk of this movie with an entirely different character. 
that is brand new to the series. Uh, Rowan Campbell plays Corey Cunningham. And he's in the opening scene. A tragedy happens um, that may be related to our favorite masked villain who hasn't been seen since the events of that first night. Uh, but his his presence still looms in Haddonfield. Like, there's a DJ uh, that talks about him every Halloween, talks about how he was never found, and is he dead? Is he alive? Did somebody else take his place? And just, just to, you know, create chaos around Halloween. And you kind of learn early on in the movie that the, the town is, there's a lot of tragedies around Halloween. There's suicides, and it's kind of attributed to the hysteria of Michael Myers. And some people blame Laurie Strode still. Um, there's scenes where she's trying to kind of just, you know, live her life. She's having a good day, and then somebody will bring it up. And, and they imply that, like, she caused everything, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, I don't get where that is coming from. And Lindsay Wallace returns, Kyle Richards. Uh, she was briefly in this that second movie. She's this one a little bit more. She, like, runs the bar in town, and she also does tarot cards. She's a little darker since the last time that we saw her. Um, and where has Michael Myers been this whole time? Since the last movie, which I don't even... They don't really explain how he gets away at the end of the last movie. Because at the end of Halloween Kills... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The last scene of the movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, he kills Lori's daughter, Karen, played by Judy Greer. And I was... I kind of thought, like, maybe that didn't happen. Like, maybe they were... That was just going to be, like, a a weird dream thing of Lori's. Uh, but he actually does kill her. And... But there's there's cops everywhere around. Like I don't even know how he got back in the house. I don't know how any of that happened. Like it never made sense to me and how he would end up just slipping away. But uh, Michael's been in hiding this whole time, and you know it's Halloween time again, so he naturally needs to come out of his little sewer. He's a sewer dweller now. It's a little strange. It's it's a little odd. Rory Cunningham is is like I said this new character that we spend a, a lot of time with. And he's kind of bullied by high school kids, even though he's an adult. Um, Laurie helps him out in the beginning and um, is very nice to him. And he seems like a sweet guy. And he then becomes kind of romantically involved with Alice. And there's some flirting going on. And she just kind of wants to reach out because she kind of sees that his life isn't um, that great, much like hers isn't. Like, they're sort of the opposite ends of the, coin, the same coin. Like, it's it's they have a, a similar relationship to people in town as far as people staring at them and, and stuff for things that have happened in, in Corey's life. Um, and I don't want to get too much into it right now. I will just say the direction that gets taken with this new character is, uh, takes up a large part of this movie. Like they kind of, they're, they're advertising everything else in this movie that doesn't revolve around him, but he's a, he's almost the star of the movie. And Lori doesn't take a backseat necessarily. She's definitely in it a hell of a lot more than she was in Halloween Kills. Michael's not in it that much. So if you're if you're looking for a whole movie that's Michael Myers versus Lori Strode, which is again, for the third time now, kind of how they're promoting this, it again, for the third time, is not really what you get. Is there a showdown with them? Absolutely. Is there an ending to the movie? Does this movie give you closure on Michael Myers versus Laurie Strode. Yes, it does. There is a definitive ending with just a smidge of if they wanted to do more, they could, but it would be different. Well, I'll just say that it would just, it would be different. Um, 
Do I want to see more? No, I do not want to see any more Halloween. Especially from the, these people. I don't need to see Laurie Strode again. I Jamie Lee Curtis was, was good in it. I liked Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought she was fine as Laurie. But this movie, in a weird way... So this is the end of like this trilogy, right? That's the idea. This could have been the first movie. Just the way they do everything. If they didn't do Halloween and Halloween Kills and started with this one... I think it would have been interesting. It would have been an interesting take. And I, I could have kind of gone with it because you don't really need the other two for this one. It's very strange for it to be the end of the series. I mean, there, obviously there's these characters we met in the first movie. It's like it is the culmination for a lot of them, but I don't think you'd need it. I think you could go from Halloween 1978 to this one and it'd be fine. Like, it's kind of the same result. It's kind of the same sort of thing. It would make sense if this was the, like, the second movie, quote-unquote, of this timeline. Or the first, I guess, of this timeline. It's confusing. I got a whole podcast on that from last week. But overall, I don't know that I liked this movie, really. And I said that with Halloween Kills, which I ended up liking a little bit more. And I do think I will watch this again. Probably, if not tomorrow, like, this weekend. Like, for sure. I'm going to watch it again soon on Peacock. Uh, I did see it in the theater because I wanted to try to get this podcast out, this podcast out on time. And so I was like, well, I'm going to see it in the theater. I'll record it that night. I, like, I just got home not that long ago. And so this is my first reaction to the movie. And I just, I was hoping this one would, would land and it would make me retroactively like the other two. And it just doesn't really. There's not a lot of what I was thinking there might be in it. And that's not the movie's problem. That's that's me. That's on me for expectations. I didn't have a lot of expectations going in, but there were certain things I assumed we were going to see. And I will give I will give this movie credit for this. It doesn't copy any of the other movies. Like the one thing that I've said repeatedly that I, that annoyed me in Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills is they did so much stuff that mirrored the sequels that they no longer consider canon that that bothered me. It's like, well, if they if they were such bad movies and you erased them, why are you repeatedly doing the same things again and again? Everything in this one pretty much is original. I mean, there's some throwbacks and there's some nods, but, like, not to the extent of the other movies. So I will give this movie originality points, but the shift that they do and the focus on an entirely different situation, I, as of right now, I don't, I don't know that I care for it like at all which is disappointing and a bummer but those are my thoughts without getting into specifics of things but now I do want to talk about specifics and the Corey Cunningham situation so let's do the spoiler warning again spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert all right if you don't want to know anything about this movie at all major spoilers I'm going to get into them right now including how the movie ends, how Halloween does end, and the Rory Cunningham character. So the movie starts with Rory, or excuse me, Corey. I keep saying Rory. Corey Cunningham babysitting a kid. It always starts with the babysitter. And he seems like this just quiet, shy guy. And uh, this takes place a year after the, the last one. He was told not to watch scary movies with the, with the, the boy. And then they watch The Thing. John Carpenter's a thing, which I thought was kind of fun because in the original movie, they're watching the original movie, The Thing. Um, so that was a nice little wink. I liked that. Um, 
and then the kid disappears when Corey goes to get some milk, and he comes back, and the kid's gone. He's out of there. He's like, well, what the heck's going on? And you keep hearing things, and basically, like, through situations, the kid locks Corey up in the attic, and he's trying to bust out. When he does, he accidentally hits the kid with a door as the parents are coming in, and the kid falls down this huge flight of stairs and snaps his neck, and it's really messed up. And I was like, oh, wow, is this, wow, this is quite the way to start the movie. I can't, I mean, I don't like kids getting hurt, but I wasn't, I didn't see that coming. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. This is, wow, you got my attention. And that's what this movie, that's what the beginning is supposed to do. But as the movie goes on, it kind of follows Corey and his sort of descent into becoming evil. Like, this was an accident. And people are a little leery around him, and they call him a psycho and a freak. And the whole time, I'm like, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? Why are we aiming this at him? And especially when uh, these high school kids shove him and cause him to bleed, Lori shows up and then, uh, you know, saves him and helps him and is really nice to him. And I'm like, oh, Lori's going to bring this kid in, and he's going to, if he goes full psycho, Michael Myers, I'm going to be very annoyed. He gets a relationship with Allison. She takes him to this Halloween party where he sees this kid's mother and she yells at him and he gets freaked out um, because everybody just makes fun of him and yells at him and says that he's a psychopath and a murderer and he's not. And he seems like a a normal person for the most part other than this horrific accident that happens. Uh, And then the bullies show up and throw him over this bridge and he's knocked out and somebody drags him into a tunnel. Well, who drags him into the tunnel? Our good old friend Michael Myers. And there's this moment that happens where he just brought him in the tunnel for, I don't know why. They don't really explain that, but the kid wakes up the next morning and he's going to leave and then he turns and Michael Myers is right there in like this, like the like a crack or like a hole in the wall in the sewer and he's grabbing the kid by the throat and they lock eyes. They're staring at each other and it's like, for a second I thought they had a freaking body swap. And I'm like, did they just do a body swap in this movie? Is Michael Myers now in Corey Cunningham? Because I didn't see that coming. I don't know if I want that to be the case. It's not. But it's like Michael lets him go. And the kid starts to... It's like something was passed on. So in one way, that's sort of like what happened with Jamie Lloyd and Michael Myers in Halloween 4. Where like his essence kind of moved to her. And then Corey slowly but surely... He kills a homeless man like right after he leaves the tunnel. Because the homeless guy's attacking him, and he's like, go back in there, get Michael's mask, I'm Michael Myers. Stupid. Um, But then he progresses, and he starts murdering people, and then he starts murdering with Michael. Like, they go and kill people together, and he becomes, like, this disciple of Michael Myers, and it's really weird. And then, as he gets worse off, of course, Allison starts to get more attracted to him. And they're going to run away together. And Lori's starting to notice, like, there's something off with this kid. Because at one point, he's staring at her from behind bushes. Where have we seen that before? And she starts thinking, uh, there's some darkness in this kid. Like, the way that he, she looked at him, she saw the same eyes as Michael Myers or something like that. And I just, I was not feeling this. Like, I was getting almost Friday the 13th 5 vibes with this one. Where it wasn't Jason Voorhees. And at one point, Corey gets the mask, and he basically becomes Michael Myers on Halloween night. And he's going around doing some slaughtering. And the slaughtering, 
I'll be honest, it's actually pretty good. There's a good, there's a couple good deaths in there. Very gory, very violent. Um, and then he shows up at Lori's, and I'm like, oh god, is this is the showdown that we've been waiting for gonna not be Michael Myers? It's gonna be Corey versus Lori Strode. Um, I'm not gonna get into exactly what happens. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to spoil everything. But eventually, Corey is not the focus, and Michael is there, and Michael and Lori finally have their showdown. It doesn't last very long because they're old as hell and they just get a couple good shots on each other. Um it does it hurts. I mean it looks like ugh. It's there's some cringy stuff in there and I mean good cringe, not bad cringe. So Michael and Lori finally are having their final face off with each other. It's pretty good. I mean I would say I like this fight better than I liked the one from Halloween 2018, but this one's quicker. Like, it doesn't last long. Like, once it started, I turned my phone back on. There was nobody around me, because I would never do that if somebody was around me. And I text my wife, like, hey, you could probably be on your way soon. I think this is going to be over very soon. And it was. It was pretty quick. Um, Lori gets the upper hand, and she gets Michael. She stabs him in the hand onto a table, so he's stuck. And then she gets the other hand and gets that stuck. This is after, like, they've brawled for a little bit, and she's almost died a few times. Before she can get the death blow in, uh, he's still, like, kicking with his right leg, which was really funny to see. Uh, so she drops the refrigerator on him, so he definitely can't leave. And she gets, she, like, stabs him in the side, and then before she completely decides it's time to go, she takes his mask off so she can look at him face-to-face, finally. And then she slits his throat, like, really slowly. It's pretty grisly. Like, I kind of like that. But then he, like, starts choking her because he's Michael Myers and you can't stop him by slitting his throat. Allison races to the house and she sees that Lori is uh, about to maybe lose to Michael and get killed. So she goes and snaps Michael's arm. And then they finish the job. They slit his wrists. They slit his throat. His arm is completely, like, almost broken off his body. And then the police show up. Everybody shows up. And they decide, you know what? We're going to make sure he's dead once and for all. And they take him the whole town. It's like a freaking parade through Haddonfield with Michael Myers' like supposedly dead body strapped to a car that Laurie's driving. And they go to, like, this junkyard. And then I can't. I don't know what it's called. It's like a big grinder thing where you throw junk in, and they throw his body in, and it just, blood goes everywhere, and Michael Myers is is no more at the end of this movie. There is no more Michael Myers. He is completely dead. But they leave a little room that evil could find another shape, is, is what is said. Um, but, I don't know, man. The whole Michael Myers having, like, a friend? I mean, he's not a friend, but, like, an accomplice... This dude going around killing, and then when he puts on the mask and is Michael Myers, like, I just didn't like that. And we spent so much time with this new Corey character when you just kind of wanted to stay with Laurie and Michael Myers. Like, that's what's been promised this entire trilogy, and they've kept them apart the whole time. And they kept them apart for so long in this one, too. Like, the actual confrontation of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode is maybe 10 minutes. They don't interact whatsoever throughout the entire movie. Until like the last 10 minutes. And it's the same thing they've done this entire time. And I get where like they wanted to do something new. And they wanted to change what you expected to have happen. 
but I think the way they did it, it didn't it didn't work for me. It could work for you, I don't know. But for me, like just staying with this kid that like is he becoming evil because of the way people treated him? Was the evil always inside of him? Did Michael Myers bring that out? Like why did Michael decide to not kill him? Because he saw like the evil in his eyes, like I don't know. It was a little far fetched. And I really like when it was over, I was kinda thinking, like, I don't know, maybe I would have liked a body swap movie. That would have been weird. But either way, this trilogy, this version, this timeline has officially come to an end. And I truly believe it this time. I'm not saying the franchise is done. I think they could definitely find another way to do it. When the movie ends, the mask is sitting on a coffee table. It is now basically a coffee table book. It's the it's the weirdest way to end the movie. But I do think this is probably the end for Jamie Lee Curtis. But I also thought that with Halloween Resurrection, that wasn't true. So, you know, maybe in 20 years, when it's H60, well, like a 100-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis, 90-something. I think she'd be in her 90s, fighting a Michael Myers who would literally be in his hundreds. But maybe his spirit goes into somebody younger. Now I kind of want to see that movie. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.